0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings, welcome on board, WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is with us. Thank you, Mr. Laurencia. (laughs) Mario (laughs) Laurencia. Mario. Mario. If you want to use the right pronunciations.
2: I always refer to that cartoon character as Mario just to irritate my grandson, who always corrects me and says, Mario. Oh, is it really? (laughs) I I guess I wouldn't even know that. Do you play a lot of video games? Only when my grandson's around, (laughs) my
1: my older grandson. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, welcome on board, everybody. It is uh, WDKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm in the process of uh, setting up the
2: Text Connect machine now. So One well, about the first of 55 times you'll have to do that during the program.
1: Uh, uh, that's right, but I'll tell you what, it's there for you. If you wish to text us, send us a message at 70236 and then uh, send us, uh, make sure you put in there the keyword OTM so you can correspond with us in that manner. But the Text Connect system, is up and running we got the email system up and running and it shows that leonard steinhorn is going to be on the line uh, this morning Uh, a good professor from american university teaches communications and history folks who hear him say he's got a liberal lean so we'll see if we can detect that today Go ahead, well, a
2: little bit more, and he's going to fall over to the <laughs> left.
1: <laughs> All right, <laughs> But well, he,
2: t- he's always interesting, always fascinating.
1: And, and I think so. And I think he enjoys talking <laughs> to us. And uh, he asks for us, so we ask for him. And uh, CBS makes a number of correspondents available to us to talk to from time to time. And uh, we also are interested in asking him, or primarily interested in asking him, we've been following the Biden administration and the travails and pitfalls and the uh, bottomless pit into which, President Biden has fallen. And so we'll ask about that. And the, uh, what do you want to call it, an impasse, I guess, or impending disaster
2: comes to mind. Really, it's fascinating. You know, I've told you before that I, as much as I dislike politics, I love government, but I dislike politics. Mm -hmm. And we have more examples of the hypocrisy this time. I mean, the Democrats are saying that all they're trying to do by extending the debt limit is to pay for the Republicans' bill. But hasn't the debt that was incurred under the Republicans already been taken of? of by the last round of increases. In other words, it fit under those last increases. Now all of a sudden, it's we're, we're talking about, what, $3 trillion, $4 trillion in additional At least, Democratic yeah. spending with things like free universal daycare, free community college, free this, free that. You know, I'm expecting some liberal to come buy me dinner tomorrow night. Oh, do, do be you want free, us to cancel that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had it all set up. But all what's right. amazing is that Nancy Pelosi now and, and Chuck Schumer are saying that this is the Republicans' fault, that the Republicans are the ones who are not willing to bend. Now, the Republicans have said, give us a clean bill that just funds government through, as a stopgap, and we'll vote for it. Well, but maybe we're not going to vote, vote to expand the, uh, the debt limit. That's on you. If you want to expand it, you expand it. And you have the power because you have the White House, you have the Senate, you have the House. And guess what? The last time the Republicans had the White House, the Senate and the House, and there was a budget impasse, Nancy Pelosi was telling them to do their job without the Democrats' help and to make sure that they passed the increase in the uh, in the debt limit. Mm-hmm. So now she's saying it's the Republicans' fault. It's the Republicans' fault then. In Nancy's world, everything belonged, every all belongs to the Republicans, and not a single one belongs to the Democrats.
1: Well, and I think the Democratic spending bill is way, way, way too big. I, you know, I think if you want to pick and choose a few good initiatives that you think might be tied to the spending bill, you know, I think you should shoot for that. But to shoot for the moon in a bill that is required to keep the government open, you know, obviously that's not going to work. But I do I do like these crocodile tears the Republicans are shedding saying, hey, we're only standing up for the deficit and responsible spending. Well, they spent <laughs> plenty of money during the Trump years too. uh, what, do you think that everybody in the world has amnesia or something? I mean, how many trillions of debt did Republicans vote for in the past two years alone?
2: Well, and how many Democrats voted for trillions of dollars before that during the eight years of the Obama administration? So So, again, what we have here is hypocrisy. Right. We don't have government. We have government. Well, maybe we do. We have government by hypocrisy. Mm. I still go back to that book that Dr. Eric Byrne wrote in the 1960s. Uh, It was called Games People Play, and my favorite game in there was Now I Got you, you S.O.B., although he <laughs> used the actual and one. And that was a political and it, game. Well, it's a, any kind of a game where you, you where you deliberately don't do something. You lie and wait, wait knowing your opponent's going to make this mistake. <laughs> and you don't do anything to stop them or to correct it or to help them. You just wait and then pounce. Like we bring up race when you're here on this <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. no, there you go, turning everything into race again. And Lawrence no, no. is playing the race <laughs> card again,
1: folks. Right. So, <laughs> right. The hypocrisy abounds in, in Washington, D.C. So what? What's your view on that? Uh, if you have a comment about that, maybe there's a local issue in the city of Sunbury. They're going to hire, uh, consider, they are considering hiring a local police chief from the Shikolami School District to be a consultant on board. That'll help expand his arrest powers and help the city of Sunbury in a certain manner for 20 bucks an hour. Hey, why not? So that's a good good wage. And so uh, that's happening. Maybe there's something else. The COVID hospitalizations are up around here. In Harrisburg, uh, the Republican leadership said they are interested in imposing a voter ID law in Pennsylvania. And it turns out that most Pennsylvanians are interested in it anyway. So they're going to go to constitutional amendment. Well, it looks like the president is going to drive our discussion this morning. Both of the
2: calls are related to that.
1: All right. So those are our key topics. We invite you to join us. The individuals who are waiting online right now dialed 1-800-795-9565. If you'd like to join the conversation, if you know how we can resolve this issue once and for all in Washington, D.C., let us know Something short of a nuclear bomb, I guess, would help. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. On The Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. First callers, ready to go. Stan, you're on The Mark. Thanks for calling in.
3: Good morning. Uh, Yesterday yesterday or day before, I'm not sure where it was, but uh, Biden, well, Biden didn't do it, but his handlers tweeted out that uh, all his spending bills are paid for. It's going to be zero cost.
2: Yeah, I heard that. that.
1: that I I, w- I was amazed well, tax when I heard increases that. and fee increases and so on, and revenue uh, uh-huh. increases. Right. Well, it's paid for, so, but, so but you so and I no pay cost?
3: for it. No cost. No cost. Uh, on no, percent paid for. <laughs> yeah, he cost said, isn't the right word. Increasing taxes on the middle class. That's how it's done.
2: Well, no, he says he's going to soak well, the rich. Well, what
1: are yeah? What are the tax increases <laughs> that are part of it? What are the tax increases that they're using to pay for this? Well,
3: well corporate, let's see. we got gains. inflation that's increasing the you know the the uh, the burden upon everybody.
1: Wait, I'm sorry. Say policy. that again. Joe but, answered you know, tax
3: it. increases. He said he's going to raise taxes on the corporations. Well, you know that corporations don't pay the tax; it's passed on through to every the consumers. So the consumers will pay. Because of the increased prices, along with the inflation, so things are going to get out of hand. They're already out of hand.
2: What's that from twenty-one that to twenty? Intent? Is that twenty-one to twenty-eight percent? Is that what the, my memory serves me? It's twenty-one okay. percent now. They want to take it to twenty-eight.
3: Okay. Uh, I, I heard twenty-six or something. Okay. Somewhere in there. But whatever. It's going to go up. And but the, the corporations aren't going to pay it. It's just passed through and costs everything else. You know that's the way it normally pays. If they would just stop spending, we don't need all this crap that they're doing. Just stop spending. If, if Congress shuts down For two months, three months We probably won't miss them <laughs> because, because the people In there, <clears throat> The, the legislatures there still get paid And the majority of the people working the government Still get paid doing whatever they're doing They just won't be able to do anything new Which isn't a bad thing We've got enough stuff That they're trying to ram down everybody's throat That is totally unnecessary But As far as the debt limit you know, Nancy, back in 2018, when they shut down the government, she blamed it on the Republicans because they had both houses and the presidency. So what's her excuse now? Democrats have both houses and the presidency. So whose fault is it? I know she's going to blame the Republicans because they just won't go along with their nonsense.
2: Oh, she already did blame the Republicans for getting <laughs> what she said four years ago. <laughs> for the brinksmanship. Well, exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for the brinksmanship that we're in right now.
2: No, she said, basically said the Republicans have the presidency, they have the house and the senate, do your job, you know, don't ask us for help. Now she's saying it's the Republicans fault because they won't help under the same situation with the Democrats having the house, the senate and the presidency.
3: Exactly. You know, uh, and you know, they don't they just need to stop spending. We're we're, we're what? Almost 30 trillion dollars in debt. It's time to stop. It's just stop.
2: It is. But let's it's be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Change. Let's be honest, Dan. The Republicans spend a heck of a lot of money during well, the Trump honest. years.
3: And they get they get no 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 uh, leeway from me because, yeah, they're all guilty.
2: And they all lower need taxes. need
3: to stop. They need to back up. Because there's lots of, there's millions and billions of dollars that they don't spend from year to year. Bring that back. Cut the budgets in all these uh, departments. Cut them all. They don't need the money because they ain't spending it all. And I've been in the military, Okay. Long about the middle of September, because the fiscal year is coming up at the end. I remember they sent us all to the range, the whole freaking battalion. and we had ammo. Okay, we had to fire it up because if we didn't use it, we would we wouldn't get the same amount the next year.
1: All right, use it or
3: lose it. Is there is there mentality?
1: We got to get another caller going. Stan, any other concluding remark?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's time, time time for the Republicans and the Democrats to both stop. Right. Put a moratorium on any spending for a, a year and see what happens.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All right, we're on it. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks, Stan. A great, great call, uh, Tom. What's your view on this mess?
4: Well, the the biggest hypocrite is is like Stan and Joe. You guys are big hypocrites.
1: I think they what, what they both is, said. What, what
4: is wrong with doing something? For the working people and the poor, what's wrong with doing something for them?
1: Because we're becoming a communist nation, I mean, and that's gave, what communist countries do. We gave, we gave
4: do. a point two, $2. two trillion dollar tax cut for people that didn't even need it. But we try. We want to help. We want to do something that's going to help the poor and the middle class. And no, oh, whoa, we can't do that. That's going to add too much to the debt. <laughs> and Joe says, oh, I like, I like Donald Trump's policies.
1: Lowering taxes yeah, he's like, and so increasing. So Joe likes to give
4: money to the rich people, but he don't want to give anybody this to people that could actually, that could actually use it. It's a bunch of crap. Well, what, so
2: what's going to help the poor specifically? What is going to help the poor in, in Biden's? They're
4: going to help a lot of them, but right now his tax thing is 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 getting the people out of the out of the poor. The poverty's down since he. He did
2: what he did. What about inflation, Tom? From all this money being oh, spent?
4: Oh, what about inflation when when they gave tax cuts? Don't there there wasn't any stuff, inflation, inflation, Tom. There wasn't crap. There wasn't inflation. Want to hear it. There was. I know we you don't do want to hear it. For the actual people that needed this, I time, know you. You don't want to hear the truth. Constantly, 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 time after time after time giving the money to the people that don't
2: need it. But you haven't answered my question. What specifically is helping the poor people in, in Biden's gross uh, spending bill?
4: Well, he's going to have child care.
2: More available.
4: He's going to have child care. is going to be one of the things.
2: And how is that going to help them? They're already, progra- they're already programs. To to work. They're already programs. There are already programs for that.
4: Let me ask you a stupid question. You're asking me a stupid question. Let me ask you a stupid question. <laughs> okay. what, good is, what good is giving $2.2 trillion to people that don't even need hey, it?
2: Hey, Did I say I didn't say I thought the Trump tax cuts were exactly the ones you I would I do?
4: This, you said I, you said I like this his policies. Yes. tell me that. You said you like his policies. And by policies, I'm
2: talking about things like what he did at the border and things like that. Not saying I agree with his spending, Tom. I never said I agreed with all the spending the Republicans were doing, and I don't.
4: Kratz. 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 Kratz
2: yes. Democrats. Kratz. <laughs> yep.
1: Go ahead. You got and that last thing, word. And another thing, the
4: Democrats—they—they they voted for to raise the debt limit when when they gave this 2.2 trillion dollar tax cut that Trump. They didn't. They didn't uh, say, well, "Well, we're not gonna." We're not gonna support it. They—they they supported it. They supported Trump three times raising the debt limit they're uh-huh. just playing they're just playing politics
1: All right. they
4: had a thing on they had a thing on tv today of the biggest the biggest debt the people that put up the biggest debts and donald trump was number 1 the biggest debt in his presidency. How
2: about the Nancy Pelosi four and, years and ago? Joe
4: likes his policies. You you like his policies, Joe. You said I like I do. His policies. Yeah, how about do. Nancy
2: How about Nancy Pelosi four years ago saying that the Republicans had to do the job because they had the House, the Senate, and the Repo- and the Presidency. Now she's blaming well, now the Republicans you, well, now again.
4: Now you're now you're going off into just No, I'm it, not. We're no. talking <laughs> about hypocrisy
2: and the Democrats now hypocrisy. You, now you're just yeah, now you're Joe, just this you know who is the, the,
4: the second biggest spender was Obama but he got caught after after Trump or after Bush crashed the economy. Obama was second biggest spender.
1: All right, Tom, yeah. we got to move on. Then it
4: was George H.W. Bush. Then it was George W. Bush.
1: Tom. <laughs> we got to move on.
4: Reagan. They, they, they were all Republicans. Tom, we got to move
1: spenders. on. Tom, we got to move on. I'll give you ten more Bye. seconds. All right, thank you Thanks, so much Tom. for calling in. All right, stand by. Mike, we'll take more comers, though. 1-800- 795-9565. You can email us at on the market at WKOK.com. I invite you to do what I've done. Buy a Mustang Mach-E, and then buy one. Well, I I drove one, but I did not buy one. But uh, I certainly would. I'm not opposed to it. If my lovely bride gave me the green light, I would enjoy a 100% electric 266 horsepower vehicle that's all-wheel drive. Goes 270 miles or so on a single charge, which uh, uh, my lovely bride has figured out to to be uh, just south of Delaware as you get into Maryland or, or a little bit south of that in the Virginia. So that's about how far you can go, and then you get charged once you get to the beach, and then you can drive uh, back or wherever you want to go. But it has a wireless phone charging pad. Young people love that. Uh, Bang & Olufsen speakers. Joe loves his Bang & Olufsen oh, speakers. At home. you can't beat that. Is, and he's telling the truth. Uh, yeah, it has Sync 4, and what that means in particular is that with your smartphone, your smartphone becomes one of the key brains for the system. It's so much easier to operate the vehicle. I have that on my new truck, and <laughs> like Android Auto is just super crazy good. Eight-year warranty, 100,000 miles, $56,000, the price tag. I don't believe they have one on board right now, but you can order one up and wait a couple months and you get one of your precise specification. That's the Mustang Mach-E. Where does it come from? The Sunbury Motor Company. Begin your auto search at sunburymotors.com.
5: When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the
1: All right. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's Joe's personal home phone, too. So if you want to <laughs> nice. bother you him after hours, all right. you want to bother him after hours. Everybody else does. You might as well join the club. Mike's been waiting long enough. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark.
6: Hey, good morning. Before I get to the bad news, I want to share a lighthearted story. Uh, back years ago, I took my... Uh, Oldest daughter to South Korea to see her homeland, and we had a really nice bus tour throughout the country. And one of the first things that struck my uh, uh, fancy was I saw this gigantic store room uh, window. It reminded me of a furniture store in the olden days here in the United States. But instead of furniture, there were these little cubby holes with all these cute little puppies in it, you know. And I'm thinking, man, they, in South Korea they they love their dogs, and. Uh, so then a little bit later in the tour, I see a flatbed truck with all these cages stacked up, you know, tied down with tie wraps and stuff. And there were these dogs in there, you know, they were bigger dogs. And man, I, to be honest with you, I said, those dogs look sad. So finally, uh, at the end of our tour, we were at a really nice restaurant that was high up, uh, like a 360 thing and a big tower. You could look out over Seoul. And uh, it was a buffet, of course. So, finally, I was talking to one of the interpreters, and I, I questioned her about how much the people in South Korea seem to love to have uh, pets, uh, dog pets, you know? And she said, well, and I explained to her why I thought that, and she said, well, actually, those dogs were being uh, taken to be, you know, butchered or served or whatever. And I said, really? She says, oh, yeah, that's a, like a delicacy here. I said, well, what's it like? And she says, well, if you had any of the, anything that looked like stew over there at the buffet, you had dog, and, and I'm here to tell you it tasted like beef and it was pretty good.
2: Uh, well, that's the feel good story of the day. Thank I don't know, you know who, so what kind of feel good stories you <laughs> think are feel good stories, but that <laughs> Mike,
1: you need a better sense well, of humor or something.
6: I think it just shows, you know, my uh, compassion for other cultures and, you know, acceptance and things like that. So it's a feel good story of my book. Okay. okay. I mean, hey, little birds on stick were pretty good in China, too, so. But anyway, hey, as far as talking about this, uh, you know, they should, they call it a 3.5 trillion dollar infrastructure bill, which is coming. It, it, it's been priced out between 5.5 and 8.5 over its lifetime, trillion. Now, that, you know, that's bad. This spending's bad, and all your callers that are talking about spending—they're they're absolutely correct. But the real problem that I see here is our government taking over you know basically some of the industries shutting down some industries creating new industries and creating new social programs and what we're going to have is an expanding bureaucracy expanding expansion of uh, government businesses and programs and government unions so essentially it's going to concentrate the power in the government and and in the public with the democrats and we are going to have more socialism, and basically, the, the old saying goes: the bigger government gets, the smaller the citizen becomes. And I and I see that as the real problem: just a growth of government. Because when you grow the government, it, it always turns out that eventually it will shrink the economy, it will shrink freedom, and it will shrink choice.
1: What so are the What the are the industries that and this the, What are the industries that would be taken over in this bill?
6: Well, this this would be well. They, they want to get rid of coal. They want to shut down oil exploration and, and natural gas exploration. And as far as uh, growing new industries, you, you're probably familiar with the battery plants that we, we're building now in the United States. They want to build more battery plants. They want to build more solar. Pla- you know, when I say solar plants, solar manufacturing plants, you know, it's basically what Obama wanted to do on steroids. And again, anytime the government creates a program, uh, you know, especially if it's some type of welfare program or subsidy program, you know, when was the last time one of those things went away? So basically, we, we, we said we need to in, in improve infrastructure, and I don't think anybody argues about better roads, better highways, uh, better parks, and things like that. When it, when it comes to social infrastructure, that's just growth of government, new programs. And new industries, bigger government, smaller
2: citizens. Well, here's, here's the thing, though. I mean, we can keep on with this borrowing and our friend Tom says, oh, it's going to produce beneficial things for people. I don't buy for a minute President Biden's assertion that it isn't going to cost anybody a cent. I mean, that's absurd on the surface. But here's you know, we we can't keep spending and spending and spending because eventually you have to pay it back. And what happens? Debt service becomes such a huge part of our na- our annual budget that we can't do anything else. Instead of saving for what we want, we spend like crazy now and hope that future generations will pay it off. So we can get reelected. Right. Well, you're right. Nobody ever won a lecture by saying let's tighten the, our belts. Yeah,
1: let's tighten our belts. Let's cut back. Let's bring back coal. There's there's no way to do clean coal, but let's bring back dirty coal. <laughs> let's leave the daycare industry unfunded. And, uh, it's not
2: unfunded. People
1: let's, pay for daycare. No, I mean, if they cut back, they would reduce. Well, that's true. I mean there, But there are some subsidies available for sure some individuals. Are. But anyway, all right, we'll let Mike uh, yeah, wrap up. You know,
6: Mark, if I could just correct you. You said there's no, what'd you say about coal?
1: There's no such thing as clean coal.
6: Well, I mean, you're kind of truthful, but the reality is we can burn coal, and first of all, we've we've already uh, captured the particulate, then we went after the heavy metals that were in it, and we can do carbon capture. We can use coal, burn it for energy, and have it basically carbon neutral.
1: All right, and you can mine so it in a, in a clean and safe, uh, environmentally sound fashion. Also, no, exactly. I didn't no. think so. No, you We're can't. You cannot I, mine it, it, if it if in a clean. Idea
6: of a perfect world is the Democrats in control. I
1: think you're sadly mistaken. Well, I, I look, nobody said anything about the Democrats uh, being in control or, or being better or anything. We're talking about coal. You think there is clean coal. I know that there isn't. You say it is environmentally sound and clean to mine coal. I know it isn't. So there's definitely somebody here that's not seeing the
2: reality. Well, how about Tim Holden? He believes in clean coal. He was our former congressman. I think you can believe in clean coal. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. That's all. I mean, I'm, well, we I can might work to make in... it exist. I mean, the atomic bomb didn't oh, exist. Well, either, but sure, we made as, it.
1: You could set up a goal to do clean coal. I guess that would...
2: Well, we set up a goal it. to do wind power and right. and other things. Right. Why not clean coal?
1: But we are not relying on wind power now, nor solar.
6: Well, If, you're, if your picture of coal is, you know, coal banks and uh, stripping pits and things like that, yeah, there, there's no such thing as clean coal. But if you get into this century with the mining techniques and the pollution control, it's, you know, you know, is it perfectly clean coal? No, but nothing, you know, you know, you you putting food in your mouth and putting the stuff out the other end, you know, that's pollution too.
1: Excellent point. We got a lot of that going around today. All right, Mike, well, you've got ten seconds to wrap up because of the top of the hour approaches.
6: Hey, I got a break in the rain. I'm running to Home Depot. You guys get <laughs> Okay,
1: thank you. I'll see you there. Thanks. <laughs> That's my favorite store also. All eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 1-800-795-9565. Between Lewisburg Builders and Home Depot, I'd be a happy man all the time.
2: Well, let's not forget
1: Lowe's. <laughs> all right. I uh, know. Thank you. No and Lowe's. Better
2: yet, Coles Hardware.
1: No. Home Depot, <laughs> Lewisburg Builders. All right. And we invite you to weigh on this controversy also. Free plugs available. Give us a call. <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565. Write it down and use it during the 9 a.m. hour. This is News Radio 1070 WDKOK, Sunbury. K OK News time. It is 9 a.m.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. He's a good conservative. He's not a rhino. He's a real Republican. He loves smaller government. He hates deficits. He wants responsible spending. And so there is absolutely no one in Washington or Harrisburg who he would vote for, given the opportunity on just those uh, criteria.
2: No, there are a couple.
1: Okay. Mayor of Shemokin Dam and... uh, can i talk about your agenda today is that
2: no that's off the uh, record all right. for the time being
1: and we have he's got all kinds of meetings to preside over in the weeks and hours and days ahead so we'll talk about those in the aftermath and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the
2: aftermath of my meeting, right? So
1: <laughs> <laughs> usually there's a pile of debris left over in the corner. All right, a so trail of th- dirt. That <laughs> is uh, Joe McGranahan, but uh, yeah, head of the CSVT task force and also the uh, head of global volcanic reaction from Pima. So he's uh, not called in very often to deal with that, but I'll tell you what, when he does get summoned, he's there. Rob Centers, our fabulous producer, takes good care of us. Is not. Knowledge of music and many other wise things that keeps us going here. And I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar performer, bad uh, news anchor, bad lay preacher, you name it. I don't do it well. But I'll tell you what, I show up every day, so maybe that's why I'm here. On the market, is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll free line open. Call us 1 800 795 9565. That's 1 800 795 9565. You can email us at On the Market. WTKOK.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Some very brief news headlines. City of Sunbury is looking to hire another part-time police officer, and this particular individual would be the Chickenamy School District's police chief on an as needed basis. Mayor Kirk Karlovich brought up the idea during last night's council meeting, saying the idea would be for Sean Williams to be hired as a consultant, specializing in criminal investigative matters. Karlovich uh, says Williams, who's a former state trooper, would be hired at the current part-time rate of $20 an hour and would help increase the arrest of powers of Williams. The matter is expected to be voted on at the next uh, Sunbury City Council meeting. Uh, despite the fact that the pandemic is surging, they are going to have a performance at Bucknell University tonight, putting some of the toughest pandemic restrictions behind them. There will be general seating in the audience and social distancing. Some rows will be marked off and masking will be required. Then there'll be a wonderful performance performance
3: are a chamber size contemporary dance company. This is an hour long piece that is inspired by star and sky stories and it has live music and it at once kinetic and meditative at the same time, but it's inspiring.
1: Catherine Maguet, executive director of the Wise Center for the Performing Arts, says Big Sky Performance is on stage tonight at Bucknell University, 7:30 uh, p.m. There are still some seats available for that. Pennsylvania has reached 27 hospitalizations related to COVID-19. That's up about 66 more since uh, Friday. Geisinger Danville's uh, treating five uh, patients, uh, five more patients uh, for a total of uh, 57 patients with COVID-19. Evangelical Community Hospital has a half a dozen more patients. there, for a total of 33 individuals are hospitalized with COVID-19. Republican lawmakers in Harrisburg unveiled their sweeping changes to election laws that they plan to use a constitutional amendment. One would strengthen Pennsylvania's existing identification requirements for a registered voter to cast a ballot. Another would make the office of the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania an elected position rather than one Appointed by the governor. And that would be another one of the effective end rounds that the Republicans are doing to make sure they get things done that they wish to do. That would also cover them if they get a vetoe governor in in 2024 by the time that law would take effect. And finally, the guy who shot President Reagan gets an unconditional release soon. The man who tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan in 1981 is a free man. John Hinckley shot the president, a cop, and a Secret Service agent, and the former press secretary, but was found guilty by, re- or not guilty by reason of insanity back in 81. Uh, he is now 66 years old. He spent the last few decades in a mental hospital and has now been granted full release. Of course, some people aren't happy about this, but advocates for mental health will say it's long overdue. So maybe you have an opinion about that. All right. one. I do.
2: You want mine? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I hope Jody Foster's
1: safe. Well, I think everybody's <laughs> safe. I don't think uh, he poses a threat to anybody well, anymore. Well, not Ronald
2: Reagan, unfortunately, has passed away, so I- I'd be interested in hearing how he weighed in on that.
1: Well, I'm sure Were he's he a- alive. I'm sure he is a person who exudes grace, which is required well, he did. under these circumstances. Yes, he did. All right, 1 eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 9565 is our telephone number. Uh, let's see, Dan is on the line. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for calling in.
7: Hey, good morning, fellas. Well, I call Biden the the crisis president. He creates one crisis right after the other. First, the border crisis, refusing to build the wall. Then then several in between. Plus, the Afghanistan crisis. Now he's creating get your vaccine crisis. You'll be out of work right now. You, you had on your report there, policemen are resigning. They're going to lose their job because they will refuse to get the serum. I, don't, I refuse to call it a vaccine, but we use that for easy conversation. And medical workers are walking out. They refuse to take it. And he's creating a deliberate crisis again. And guess who they're gonna bring in? The National Guard to make up for all the crisis he's creating. So pretty soon, we're gonna have government-controlled policing in this country. The bastion of freedom is heading right towards government policing because he created a police crisis too that we're having. I down you know, you heard it all for the last couple of years. Don't support the police, you know. So he created another crisis right now with his vaccine. You get it or else. And Australia, they have more control than, than we do here. They're supposedly democracy. But they're forcing people to get the vaccine vaccine over there and there's a big rebellion australia is almost in chaos right now because of forcing people to get that serum in their arm and that's what we're heading towards people are getting tired of dictator biden administration telling us how to live out
2: here. Dan I can't disagree with you because I, I, I don't think it I think it should be a matter of personal choice and I don't like I, I heard the same story you did about Massachusetts state troopers resigning in large numbers because they've been told they have to take the vaccine or lose their jobs. And I think it's terrible that people are being forced to do something like that when, you know, typically in this country we've not done that. But on the other hand, you know, I know you don't like the idea of the vaccine, and I'm going to call it that because I consider that its function was the same as a vaccine. Well, it, it says on the bottle it's a vaccine. Thing, right. But, you know, but the bottom line to me is that if you – what's the harm in taking it? You're not – I I have heard of very few instances. We have all these – what do you call them? Apocryphal, if you will. Uh, people who Anecdo- say, Anecdotal. That's the word I was looking for. People say, oh, well, so-and-so did that. And, well, who was that? Nicki Minaj, your cousin's friend, became <laughs> that, impo- that impotent. Um, but we don't have real research and studies and science that show that people are being harmed by this.
7: And I was right last night on one of the newscasts I had on. There's more people going in the hospital now that were vaccinated than before and is increasing the vaccinated which we were told would keep us safe now they're going in the hospital and more by more uh, population of them than ever before and you won't you're not going to get the full truth from the mainstream media they're going to keep pumping out what they want you to believe
1: i think a lot of I think a lot of this really is your perception. I mean, you've said about well, 20 statements that are uh, half true, but th- they're, they're all true, right? Brother, they're fully true. You don't want to believe. Uh, what I wanted to say was they are fully true to you because you are conservative and you know you have uh, very strong feelings about the vaccination process or you know not doing it and and about President Biden and so on. So I, you know, you don't see these things objectively, and so you're you're not uh, declaring some things that I think are fully true. But but again, I guess I'm looking at things through more objective eyes. But in any event, uh, we're going to give you 10 seconds to wrap up because we a got call another caller waiting. So go right ahead, Dan, wrap up.
7: Yeah, you you call yourself objective, but everything I ever say on here, you disagree with. And I'm the objective one. I look at both sides of every issue. If I thought this was a was a big help. I'd be for it. But if we'd have left everything alone, went about our lives, forgot, forgot about them masking, took care of the nursing home,
1: buried the dead. We'd
7: be through this <laughs> right now. Right. We would have no crisis. It was a cruise. Thank All you right, so much. Guys, have a great day.
2: As President uh, Reagan used to say, the most scary words in the English language are, I'm from the <laughs> government and I'm here to help. <laughs> All
1: right, let's uh, we'll get to Paul in one split second. Uh, Joe, uh, read
2: something on the screen, if okay. you would, please. Uh, we were talking about the debt limit earlier. Uh, and let's see. Mark, where in the Constitution does it say the federal government should be paying for daycare? It doesn't say that <laughs> yeah, anywhere. Yeah, that's not in there.
1: I, uh, that's a true
2: statement. Good idea, Stan. Shut down the government. Punish people who depend on their monthly checks. Keep America Great. Here's the problem. LOL.
1: Uh, you forgot the LOL. The
2: LOL, yes. But here, it, the, the checks don't stop. They continue whether the government shut down or not. That's okay. built into the system. All right. And then, Tom, will you will you be happy when every one of your bank transactions is reported to the IRS? And the government needs to get out of the way, Tom, of the working class and stop with the overbearing regulations. All right, that clears the text
1: field. You can repopulate that by sending a note to 70236 with the keyword OTM. Paul, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
8: Fine, thank you. Good morning. Um, uh, One of the employees at uh, Surplus Outlet... uh, um, Uh, the other night when my wife and I were shopping there, told us that uh, the surplus outlet store is going to be closing here in Berwick. And I'm wondering from you men, if you know from over there in the Daily Item or other news sources, whether the other stores are also closing on uh, Sealands Grove and uh, Montgomery and and so forth. Uh, Be interested, whether you know or any of the callers know, uh, and maybe it'd be interesting to find out why that's happening. If it's uh, because of the slowdown during COVID and so forth, they lost too much money. They, I don't think they do anything about, like, delivering to people's homes and all that kind of thing like that. But uh, it's going to be a sad thing to see that store close here in, in Berwick.
1: That's the Dollar um, General, you're saying? No, he's talking no, about no, surplus surplus, out. surplus. And Oh, okay. That was okay. The grocery
8: stores, there's three. Gotcha. There's, they have three of them, and I think they're actually, you know, um, uh, whoever owns them and runs them and so is over in your area there, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think, but um, uh, if any, maybe callers know, maybe some of them might have connections to them, whether the other stores are also closing or we're just losing the Berwick store, I don't I, I don't know the truth of that, okay?
1: Well, if the Daily Adam uh, doesn't know, they'll find out shortly now that you've announced it, so we'll have them check it out. I'll tell our right,
8: newsroom. Well, then, room. yeah, the, 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 the employee told me they got a notice of 60 days that they'll be closing, to, you know, for the employee's sake, you know. Okay. Uh, they were informed, so that's the, that situ, situation. But and my wife and I will. We'll, I mean, it's one of the stores that we regularly go to and depend on certain things there. Gotcha. Um, and and so we're going to miss that. That's a uh, sad thing.
1: All right, uh, got now, you. Th-
8: This other thing about the economy and so forth. The uh, gentleman that was uh, complaining that uh, uh, under Trump they'd given the wrong people uh, tax breaks and all that stuff. I think he should go back and look at the figures of how the economy grew and remember all the statistics, uh, not just from the Trump administration, but I mean other people that look at the statistics, all these foundations and whoever, and that uh, they had the lowest unemployment for blacks, for women, for Hispanics, and and all this kind of thing. The point is not to give the people a fish. You want to teach the people how to fish, and uh, that's what was going on. And uh, this goes clear back to the time of Reagan, when they complained about Reagan's policies, when the actual government uh, income uh, went up and doubled. The only problem was uh, Tip O'Neill and all of them spent three times as much money. Uh, so again, it was a democratic problem. They were the ones that were telling everybody that uh, trickle-down economy did not work and so forth, but uh, they controlled Congress there and were uh, Spending the money. Then there Didn't was H.W. Bush. Everybody remembers that he broke his pledge not to raise new taxes. Why did he do that? He went to some kind of a summit meeting with the Democrats and they made a deal. <laughs> and he said he would raise oh my taxes on certain things. They promised that they would cut spending. They lied. They never had any intention of cutting spending. They never cut spending. Nobody remembers that they broke their part of the agreement. They all tell us over and over again read my lips no new taxes of George Bush but we never hear that the Democrats lied to him never intended to cut the spending and then you had Barack Obama and uh, the Speaker of the House uh, oh can't think of his name right now uh, John Bader and they were meeting and they were going to have this great compromise and then uh, they had made an agreement then The president went to the leaders of the Democratic Party, and they said, no way. They moved the goalposts. They didn't go back to Boehner and negotiate. They went and had a news conference, and they cut Boehner's legs off, and that was the end of him as the Speaker of the House, and I, I'm no friend of John Boehner either, but uh, at any rate, it wasn't Boehner's right,
1: got to stop you there. We, was, we're uh, out of time. Uh, okay, it's the, it was the Democrats again. Gotcha. Do
8: not believe, that my final word is, do not believe the Democrats about spending and that it's not going to cost anything, and uh, and and also they should remember that right now fifty percent of the population of America is not paying taxes anyway. So how do you you know? That, all right, we got know, you. It, this is a all silly right. argument. Thank okay, you so bye much, bye Paul. for now.
1: Thanks, have Paul. Have a good day. Yep, you too. appreciate. It. Yeah, do call back. All right, we're going to have to take a quickie break. When we come back, we'll have time for a caller, and we will be right back.
5: When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the smc way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicles worth
1: All right, welcome back to Bouo live telephone talk show on the Mark Cindy, you get a couple of minutes then we're going to have Leonard Steinhorn on the line, but you can call back. Please get right ready. Um, I just
9: wanted to um, talk about the whole issue with the debt and government spending. And I think it's an issue of personal um, ethics and life perspective. So some people in the country, like myself, we believe in avoiding debt. In fact, Maybe a year and a half ago, my husband and I paid off our home, and we carry no debt. We don't owe a car loan. We don't – what we use on our credit card, we pay off every month. We have no debt. I was just amazed to learn that the average American has $92,000 of debt when you add up their house, their car loans, and their credit card Average.
1: Wow. That means some people like you have none, and some people have hundreds of thousands. Exactly. Well, she, she includes now,
2: mortgages in that, she said. I don't know
1: whether you yes, caught that. Yes,
9: it does. In fairness, it includes mortgages. I'm not dismissing that, but still... Um, so every year, our government has to pay five at least, because this was last year, $522 billion in interest. $522 billion in interest on the debt that we have right now, before they can do any good for anybody or anything. You know? So uh, that's just... Uh, a ridiculous amount of money that's been bound up. So if we raise the debt, what happens? Well, then they'll spend that money, and then that will increase that first thing off the top. You've got to pay that much debt. Our whole income, the whole revenue from taxing people left and right, three point four trillion dollars. You know, uh, it's hard to imagine that we can't make do. And think about this: we're out of Afghanistan. We spent a trillion dollars in Afghanistan, well, actually, two trillion if you can k- include the aid and the military package. Two trillion dollars in Afghanistan, and we're out. So th- theoretically, right, that money is already cooked into the budget and should be available to spend someplace else without raising anybody's taxes, without paying any other uh, shenanigans. You know, this is how ridiculous this argument that we are presented with. Finally, Finally, the president's salary is capped at $400,000. That's what he gets paid. No federal employee in this country, I don't care who you are or what you do, should be paid more than that. That should be the cap. If you're a federal employee, the maximum you make is $400,000 a year. Well, that's Dr. Ridiculous. Fauci oh, makes okay.
1: $417,000. Well, that's wrong. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank Sandy. you, Cindy. We really appreciate, our, appreciate the call. All right. Uh, we have asked for and received another opportunity to talk to Leonard Steinhorn. He's a CBS News analyst and a professor of communications at American University and also teaches history there and is an author. His speciality involves uh, studying the baby boomers and how maybe they might be part of the greatest generation, too. So we appreciate those uh, viewpoints as a boomer myself. So <laughs> I think that's a great observation. All right, Leonard, thank you so much for calling in.
10: Hey, always happy to be here. Thank you. You're,
2: you're becoming a regular on the show, Leonard. It's great to have you back. <laughs> hey, have me on more regularly, huh?
1: Okay, yeah. well, we're going to have to put you in on the stipend, so... You, put you on the you, payroll. Oh, right. You're going to get the... Always, dunk. O-
2: always
10: open to that,
1: right? <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay. So, in Washington, we seem to have some sort of an impasse going on. And, of course, Democrats bl- blaming Republicans and Republicans blaming Democrats. And uh, that's not that unusual, but this happens when pres President Biden's presidency has to be at pretty close to its lowest ebb. You know, your view on this uh, impasse with uh, the uh, president's unpopularity at the moment layered on top of that.
10: Look, oftentimes you can say, hey, a pot's on both of their houses. Uh, But in this particular case, You really have to start looking at the motivations of the Republicans in the Senate Um, because the Democrats during Donald Trump's administration were willing to go along and raise the debt limit. And that means, you know, allowing the government to borrow money. Um, They went along with it when the Senate Republicans and Donald Trump raised Uh, uh, raise the debt by uh, lowering taxes with their 2017 tax bill and they went along because the worst thing you want to do in the country is to send us into default uh and because that could crater the economy cause a recession cause millions of job losses have the rest of the world lose trust in our ability to pay our bills and all the rest this is not just some, you know, arguments. This goes existentially to the state of our economy. So Mitch McConnell has basically said, nope, sorry, you've got full control of the government. This one is on you, uh, even though the Democrats did not do the same with the Republicans when uh, Donald Trump was president. So you have to say, what game are the Republicans playing? And Mitch McConnell, as you know, is a power player, and he basically is saying, we wanna be able to use every single increase in the debt limit against you in the 2022 campaign to say that you're reckless spenders, that you're putting the government out of control. They wanna appeal to those suburban voters, the sense of frugality that many suburbanites have, and say, nope, you see the Democrats are violating what they should be doing by going on a spending spree. Um, So they're basically using a political point to hold the country hostage and potentially send us into default and keep this in mind raising the debt limit right now is allowing us to borrow money that has already been spent most of which was spent uh under the previous administration and all of these big spending bills recently have been bipartisan and have not been democratic alone so yes there's a lot of other things going on in capitol hill right now but this is a big one we default my gosh the consequences could be severe
2: Okay, but the Republicans said, give us a clean bill to fund the government, and uh, we'll pass it. But we don't want to raise the debt limit. There are two different issues here. Raising the debt limit, I think you can make a pretty good argument that uh, four years ago, when Nancy Pelosi uh, pointed out that the Republicans didn't need Democratic support to do it, she said, you've got the House, you've got the Senate, you've got the presidency, do your job. Now she's saying something entirely different. She's saying, we want you Republicans to come on board. But the Democrats haven't given the Republicans any say in the amount of spending in this trillions of dollars of bills that they're passing. Is that fair?
10: Well, actually, the Democrats, when you look at the Senate, which is where it counts, because you need the 60 votes in the Senate, the Democrats did go along to raise the debt limit in the Trump years. So, you know, what's happening right now is it's they're filibustering it. They're not allowing an up-or-down vote. They're say, basically saying you need 60 votes to increase the, the debt limit. So you're right. There are two issues. One is a, uh, funding the government, which runs out of money uh, in in two days, okay? Uh, And, you know, the Republicans have said they will uh, sort of vote to fund the government. The debt limit is paired with that in the bill coming out of the House of Representatives, and that's what the, the Senate Republicans have filibustered. Um, but also keep in mind that um, the, the infrastructure bill, which is a you know substantial spending bill, uh, is the one that uh, uh, was bipartisan. So that arguably does also add uh, to the uh, debt limit uh, that we're asking to borrow. Um, so... Uh, the big one is the, the bill that uh, nobody has passed, neither the House nor the Senate, what's being called the $3.5 trillion bill on human infrastructure, which is three three $3.5 trillion, not like out of the debt right now, but over 10 years, um, that the Democrats say is essential to families and jobs. It allows people to, uh, to, to fund their elder care, child care, parental leave, community college, Uh, And it also involves a lot of climate change issues. That's the one where the two sides really do strongly disagree far more than on the physical infrastructure bill, which did get Republican support. Um, But not being able to increase the debt limit puts all of these bills, everything, in jeopardy, but it puts our economy in jeopardy because it forces us to lose trust among the creditors around the world who will no longer see the united states bonds and treasury bills as a safe investment and that really could crater our economy so this so yes you can argue about funding the government that's one thing but seeing our economy go into default that has not happened the last time we came even close was about 10 years ago when uh, barack obama was president and ultimately they worked out a deal with the republicans Um, but the democrats in the Senate they've agreed under Donald Trump to raise the debt limit uh, and uh, because otherwise the consequences would have been severe, and that's not a partisan thing. It shouldn't be.
2: Well, the, the debt limit um, has, uh, I think, until mid-October to be raised. So, I mean, there's time to do both here. But what gets me is, that, you know, it's easy to pin this on the Republicans, but it's the progressives who are saying they won't vote for the regular infrastructure bill unless they are guaranteed that the trillions of dollars in, in social spending uh, bill also gets passed. Why aren't they being blamed for holding things up?
10: Well, actually, again, completely separate issue, but a lot of people are blaming them for holding things up, uh, for not allowing uh, the, the regular physical infrastructure bill to pass, and basically holding that hostage to passage of that much larger sort of social spending human infrastructure family support bill. Um, So they are getting a lot of heat. And in fact, it's Nancy Pelosi is doing everything she can to pressure them to vote for the physical infrastructure bill. And and a lot of even some progressive Democrats are pointing at their sort of colleagues and saying, don't hold up this, you know, roads and bridges and and broadband bill. Uh, We can't control the Senate, they're saying. The Senate is going to come out with some other human infrastructure bill. It may not be 3.5 trillion but you can't change the vote in the Senate by not voting for the hard infrastructure bill in the House. So the progressives right now are facing a lot of heat on all of this, basically doing exactly as you say, suggesting that they may hold the physical infrastructure bill uh, hostage if a companion human infrastructure, that sort of mythical $3.5 trillion bill, uh, isn't approved in the House. And it's not going to be $3.5 trillion because there are some conservative senators who basically say, we won't vote for something that big. Uh, it's going to have to be changed and it's going to have to be reduced. So you can expect something more and like the uh, one and a half trillion to two and a half trillion level over 10 years once again um, to be able to coming out of the Senate if it comes out at all. So it's sort of a mess that the Democrats are in. And this is the disarray we see right now. And you've got Pelosi and Schumer herding cats in their own caucuses now never bet against Nancy Pelosi she's sort of a master tactician she knows her people she knows how to put pressure on people she knows when to give people the chance to vote on something when she can pass the larger bill so she'll say okay you really need to vote against this bill we have enough votes you're covered but if they don't have enough votes, trust me, she will be putting pressure on every single one of those progressives to vote for this hard infrastructure bill.
2: Do you buy the president's assertion that this isn't going to cost us anything?
10: Uh, no, look, I never buy those assertions. Uh, I didn't buy it with the Trump tax bill, uh, and I don't buy it with this uh, larger human infrastructure bill. They use a lot of accounting gimmicks, uh, and you know they use what's called dynamic scoring. And that's something that the Republicans use. Uh, for years to to justify tax cuts. And the Democrats said, no, we can't do that. It's not right. It's unethical. And now the Democrats are using (laughs) that themselves. And what that means is that they're not actually looking at the projected dollars coming in versus the dollars going out they're making assumptions about how those bills will impact the economy and that will then increase tax revenues and again that's theoretical it's not real we have no idea whether (laughs) dynamic scoring means anything but in this particular case yeah Democrats you're doing something uh, that the Republicans did and you said was wrong and unethical and you're doing it this time so yeah I don't buy that but you know what Here in the long run if we value let's say tax cuts or if we value sort of parental leave and child care and elder care and community college and spending on climate change then you're able to borrow the money and this is a good time to borrow money in fact because interest rates are so low that the cost of borrowing money is so little so that's what enabled us not to see a real sticker shock in terms of uh you know how much interest we pay uh, after the trump tax bill after the covid relief bills Um, and we'll not see a big increase in in the amount of uh, interest we pay after the um, uh, sort of infrastructure bills, either the hard infrastructure and or the human infrastructure bills go through. It's the low interest rates that are keeping us from paying a lot more in interest uh, uh, that really does then add uh, to our deficit. And our debt. What about our
1: creep toward communism and socialism? Folks say that, you know, critics say this is really what's happening here is that our republic is crumbling. We're going to go all socialist and, and communist with these measures that are being imposed.
10: Well, I think we are probably the farthest country from any form of socialism that exists right now. We've got a vigorous free market. We've got businesses that pretty much, you know, get and do what they want, and they're wholly successful. Um, It depends what you mean by socialism. When um, Medicare was being considered, uh, this uh, former actor at the time, spokesman for General Electric in the 1960s, was calling it socialism, and that was Ronald Reagan. And when he became president, he didn't want to cut Medicare. Um, When uh, Social Security was put in place, people were calling it socialism so it really all depends what you mean it's it's anything it the what's being considered uh, in the house and the senate by the democrats is more in the lines of sort of social democratic or european social democratic uh uh, uh policies which would provide more of a safety net on health care expand medicare uh to vision and hearing uh and um Uh, And and those issues, which don't currently exist, and dental as well, which are not part of Medicare. If you want to call that socialist, you can, but I'm not so sure most Americans, when they actually look at the details, would call it that way. We have, you know, families working and they need child care. Is supporting child care socialism If you want to call it that way, fine, but I'm not altogether sure that fits with the uh, definition of socialism. I mean, what socialism is, is greater state control over the economy and over businesses. And you can make the argument, and many Republicans do, that a lot of regulation gets us closer, to socialism. Um, but I really do think that even the amount of regulation we have, which is small compared to a lot of other countries, would, uh, you know, is still a long ways from any form of socialism. So it really depends on what you mean. And some of it is just political rhetoric, the same way that Medicare was being accused of being a socialist policy in the 1960s. And now we all embrace it, embrace it and see it as central uh, to being able to protect the American dream.
1: Well, thank you so much for your remarks. I appreciate that. We will check in again. I know that we, uh, we're we always grateful to hear from you. So thank you, Professor Steinhardt. Thank you so much yes, for your information. thank you very much.
10: Yeah. Always care. happy to be here. Thanks so much. You guys ask great questions, and I appreciate it. <laughs> thank
1: you. <laughs> thank well, thank we you. sit here for 90 <laughs> minutes <laughs> before we call trying to come up with them. So thank you. All <laughs> thank right. you, Leonard. It's, it's our day's you. work. <laughs> All right. Leonard Steinhardt, professor at American University History and Communications. I think he started out on our show, uh, maybe had a liberal lean, but tried to be objective, and then the second call, uh, it was ob- more obvious to other people that he was a little more liberal. The last time he called, uh, it was obvious that he was completely liberal, and this time, it's 100% clear. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good Democrat, so we appreciate that. Well, so,
2: brings up some interesting points.
1: Well, and you, I you do, especially mean. about the socialism. I think that keeps coming up, and I think we're going to have to talk about that. A lot of people like a lot of socialism. I know true Republicans like yourself don't like bigger government, don't want people... Well, I'm not
2: turning back my Social
1: Security check, I can tell you that. Well, but you paid into that. That's not (laughs) exactly socialism. But in any event... They called uh, it socialism at the time. All right, we got one call coming in, but we'll take more comers as we wrap up the show. But, uh, yeah, his ideas about socialism and uh, your idea about uh, what's happening with the U.S. government and our impasse and President Biden's uh, ebb in popularity. Okay, so it's a plummet, but in any event, we'll still take. We're still talking about it. It's a dive. All right, it's a dive. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be right back.
5: When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Submarine Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you: the other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Subray Motors Company in the North Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Subray, and at SubrayMotors.com, selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.
1: All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. That wraps up our breaks that we need to take, and we thank Leonard Steinhardt for his observations and viewpoints, and we invite you to join us in queue, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. I have no idea what I'm doing here, Joe. Just just read here, if you would. All right,
2: uh, one of our texters says, Following Dan's objective thinking, and we will be living in a scene from Monty Python's Holy Grail. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Well, but it always is interesting, though. What if we had just
1: taken no precautions, no pandemic, just let everybody get it? Of course, our death toll would be higher, but it would be a thing of the past now. We'd probably be done with it. Then, a, know?
2: then, then there's a good question. Just wondering, how can the current administration force citizens to be vaccinated or be fired from the, their jobs when they allow thousands of unvaccinated, undocumented aliens to enter the country illegally?
1: Oh, Secretary Mayorkas says that we do have an aggressive vaccination and test testing program sure, for individuals sure coming we in. The, well,
2: I, I just thought that's Considering a there has to be a month between the first and second shots, well, unless you
1: give them Johnson & Johnson, of course. Well, yeah, but that, okay, so that's for folks that are coming in the U.S. and, and in custody. But, uh, you know, fully one-third of the individuals who are coming into the U.S. are not going through any border checkpoint. checkpoint They're literally late. sneaking in. <laughs> They're not tested. So, uh, oh, but the border's closed. The president can has told us a, the border's closed. They can have an aggressive testing program, but that's not working. All right, Chris, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Always glad to hear from you.
11: Well, first of all, uh, uh, having some form of compulsor- compulsion behind your vaccines has been the way we have de- dealt with pandemics regularly in this country. Nixon had everybody vaccinated against the And uh, ask Boehner, who messed up his his, uh, speaker, I'll tell you, it was the Republicans who did it. That was in his book. That was in his attitude. That was why he quit.
1: Chris, deflect that call so that we can hear what you're saying. You're cutting out at key moments
11: oh i had another call that was but they're gone okay okay, super okay
1: and what 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 was it uh ronald reagan or richard nixon's vaccination
11: richard nixon richard nixon
1: had a compulsory flu vaccine okay i
11: got you actually
2: that was uh, gerald ford that was after nixon that was a swine swine flu vaccine i remember lining up for it uh, when i lived in western pennsylvania we took my wife my son we all wound up getting the vaccine. That was the one that mm-hmm. gave some people Guillain Barre syndrome.
6: Mm hmm.
11: So, but that's the way we have dealt with them. So, it's nothing new. And it's not a new in
2: reduction
11: of your freedom.
2: Chris, stop and think for one second, And maybe. And, we'll, maybe and we'll one
11: gr- other thing about that before. Uh, a lot of those uh, job things, it was either. Uh, either get vaccinated or be tested at least twice a week, if not every right. day,
2: But day. Let's, one of the let's look back to the very start of it, when Trump was in office. There were a lot of people on your side of the aisle who were saying, we're not going to get that. Donald Trump made it and oh, no, this can't no, be right. Yes, they did. they did. They did indeed. They did not
11: say that. They said they wouldn't do it unless Fauci said it was good, not if the president said it was
2: good. Well, they said they didn't trust the president. That's He's the one said. who did it.
11: That's what they said. If Fauci...
2: Well, you look back, I think you'll find some instances where they said if Donald Trump had anything to do with it, they wouldn't touch it.
11: No, yeah, maybe in some radical overstatement, yes. But almost all of them said uh, when F- if Fauci says it was good, it, they, they'd go along.
2: Well, we disagree, but go ahead.
11: Uh, and and uh, I... Your reporter there from CBS. Uh, he said a lot of what I was going to say about the situation with the the, the debt uh, limit. Uh, the reason uh, Pelosi said it said that was because she wanted to see Republicans voting for it because if Democrats, if it was ninety percent Democrats pushing it through and most of the Republicans voting against it they would uh they were planning to use it as a campaign and they're they're using it as a campaign attack that, that their opponent voted for uh the, the, their opponent voted for the the debt ceiling
2: raise but if it's the right thing to do why does that bother you
11: why does that that's why it bothers her and when they voted for it all all democrats voted for it and uh uh, well, but uh, I'm, you're uh, missing uh, my point. Uh, if it's uh, the right thing two to do... About uh, half, uh, half to two-thirds of the Republicans. Did.
2: Chris, if it's the right thing to do, why wouldn't the Democrats be proud to own it? I
11: just told you why.
2: No, you didn't.
11: Yes, I did. It was a re- it was a, they wanted at least uh, a large number of Republicans <laughs> voting for it, so it couldn't be used as a campaign issue.
2: So it was more political than it was doing the right thing. That's the point. <sighs>
11: But when the vote came, they voted for it.
2: Who voted for it?
11: All the Democrats. They didn't have one Democrat vote against it. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, then let them do that now.
11: They they are doing it now, but the Republicans are doing something about it. They're filibustering it.
2: No, they only need
8: sixty votes in the
2: Senate. The only filibustered tying the two together, tying the debt limit together, or the, uh, the funding the government and the uh, debt limit at the same point. All right, we we've, we've got to separate things. We got to wrap right, up, Chris. What,
11: What's the difference? Funding the government or the debt limit? It wasn't a spending bill. It wasn't the the the, the either of the two major bills.
2: Well, even Leonard Steinhorn agree with me. It's two separate issues. All right. got to wrap up, Chris.
1: We'll give you 10 more seconds and a conclusive remark, please. Go right ahead.
11: From the government. I was going to give them permission.
1: I didn't to spend. hear that. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks but, for calling. Oh, explain that to me. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let him try. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much, Chris. For... Really appreciate the call. All right. To upper right hand corner, Joe, if you would, please.
2: All right. Tom says Leonard Steinhorn 1, Joe, Stan, Dan, Paul 0. How about we lower taxes to We would have more money than we know what to do with. I don't think so. I think we'd have a little bit of a debt problem there. I think we'd have one hell of a debt problem there. <laughs> all right, another one says, I know there are those who don't watch Fox News for one reason or another, but within minutes from now may be a game changer. There is a congressional hearing from all the generals involved at this mess in Afghanistan and their chance to be questioned. Any American citizen should want to hear these testimonies to learn what kind of people are making decisions for our country. Get on Fox News news now. I'm anxious to hear Jeez. what they have to say in view of the horror that transpired and continues to this very day. All right. If you have an online connection, CBS CBSN will be broadcasting it as well. And then we, the people in the state of Pennsylvania and the majority of the 50 states are about to take a big Biden up the caboose. <laughs> Well, there's a, you could there's have worded that, that a little
1: more delicate. but anyway. I just read
2: what was written here. Okay. I, Congress. Congressman, yeah, right. Moving Perhaps on. we should have found kinder words to say, but yeah. it came up quickly. A kick quickly. in the bucket. All right. Oh, well, you know, they say a kick in the caboose. That's mm-hmm. the same thing at the end yeah, of the and train. And you do see a lot of cabooses on the uh,
1: <laughs> rail lines being pushed. That's so true. that's not that unusual.
2: All right. Congress and Trump put a limit on the federal tax deduction on the payments of state and local taxes. States like California, New York, New Jersey, with out-of-control tax and spending, got hit hard. But this leveled the responsibility for the states to financially support the federal government like the majority of the states do. Biden and the Democrat Congress are about to... To cancel this state and local tax deduction limit, what? that's signed by our I friend need Mike Bowling.
1: I love that limit. Uh, yes, he also says ten thousand. The total amount you're claiming for state and local taxes, income and property taxes, cannot exceed ten thousand. Yes, I've seen that uh, often
2: on the tax forms. Here's another one. And then Hi Mark and Joe, this from the United States Treasury website: "Quote: The debt limit does not authorize new spending commitments. It simply allows the government to finance existing legal obligations." that Congress and presidents of both parties have made in the past. Congress has always acted when called upon to raise the debt limit. Since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently raise, temporarily extend, or revise the definition of the debt limit. 49 times under Republican presidents and 29 times under Democratic presidents. Congressional leaders in both parties have recognized that this is a necessity. Signed, John. All right. We appreciate that email. we got another caller. Cindy gets another minute and we have another
1: minute so that works out go right ahead
9: famous democrat john kennedy wrote a book called profiles and courage it yep. seems to me that the democrats if they believe that they should raise the debt limit should do it and it would be a profile profiling courage the fact that they're concerned that there's a consequence to it is really pretty ridiculous to me if they believe it's the right thing to do then do it why they expect every you know they want to jump off the bridge, and they're saying, you know, the only way to cover for this is if everyone jumps with them. I think that's just a uh, really irresponsible approach to their problem.
2: Irresponsibility in Washington, D.C.?
9: Yeah, go figure, uh, right? It was go bound figure. to happen
2: eventually. Well, as I said to Chris, if it's the right thing to do, why would the Democrats be embarrassed to own it? Embarrassed.
9: <laughs> I would think they would champion it from one end of the country to the other, you know, that they had the courage to uh, run up this debt and create even more problems for our country in the future. Get out there and take ownership of the fact that you did this. They love to take ownership of the programs that they claim to they put They can't
2: it do place. it without Republicans, though, right, don't Yes, they, they, can. they oh, okay. can. They can do sure it through the reconciliation can. process. That was a whole
9: exactly. thing, do
1: everything all at one time. Well, maybe they will.
9: Get Kamala Harris in there, vote it through, I and then w- say, hey, we had the guts to do this. You guys didn't. Go well, ahead. Well, and I my,
1: mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, my view is I think they're, they're starting to hear that the general public is saying, whoa, 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 on the borrowing. If you got something you got to do that's going to really help us, maybe, but not everything all at once. Now, we just borrowed $10 trillion right. to get now out of the here's a pandemic. couple.
2: Here's four or five more trillion coming down the pike.
1: Thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who called and participated, and Rob Center who called up Leonard Steinhorn and made that happen. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Senator Gordon so on Thursday. This is WK, O.K. Sunbury. Thank you.